pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for your spirit that broods over this place and creates us. It creates this community of faith and beauty and strength. By your word, make us stronger. By your word, make us beautiful. By your word, bless us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, I came in early to the sanctuary and I placed some items. And some of them are with the young ones. There are ten of them. If you happen to look around and see one, be sure to look at it, find it, and be ready to bring it up when I call that number. The most money that I ever found on the ground was a $10 bill. And that's a lot of money. I was walking across a gas station parking lot. And as the pavement met the grass, there, just by the grass, there was this $10 bill. It must have flown out of somebody's hand or out, dropped out of a pocket. Whatever it was, there was no one around. And so that $10 bill was from heaven and just for me. I've picked up many valuable things in 25 years of ministry. Opinions and beliefs and convictions have found me some of them I have cast away. Others I have picked up and clung to tightly. I'd like to share with you what I believe. After my Sabbath sabbatical and being in ministry 25 years, and as we start this new year, I want you to know what I believe, what I have picked up along the way. And maybe it will help you think of some of the things that you have picked up along the way. Number one, please come forward. What is this? Pinwheel. A pinwheel. What do you do with a pinwheel? You blow it. Would you blow it? <laughs> what? It's your breath. 
that makes that pinwheel go down. You can put it on the communion table. And that is one of my treasures. And I've used that pinwheel in countless children's sermons to help people understand the breath of God. Ruach Elohim. It's that spirit, wind, breath of God, the Ruach Elohim, that is the wind present at creation. The wind that makes things go around, the creative spirit of God that blows through our lives that we cannot see, but we know where it has been. As I have developed in my faith, I have come to understand that this mystical, mysterious spirit is my best way of understanding who God is. That mystery. Yes, we have God the Father and God the Mother. We have God as rock and shield and mother bird even. It's all metaphors. I no longer believe in the old man in the sky. I believe in the one in whom we move and live and have our being, who is love, who fills us and surrounds us and blows through us with love. With all my being, I believe that God's love is not bound by names. Allah, Yahweh, Elohim, Buddha, Vishnu, Jesus, Kali, one God, many paths. More than we can ever know. And so real. And love and compassion all around us. Who has number two? Can you tell us what this is? It's a nightlight. What is, what's special about this nightlight? It's Jesus. <laughs> That's right. This is a genuine Jesus nightlight. Yeah, and in one of my churches, a person with whom I worked very closely, the church secretary who knew me inside and out, gave me this Jesus nightlight. She knew that I needed to see Jesus in the dark, and so I have kept this Jesus nightlight for many, many years. One of the things that I learned on my sabbatical is that the most important thing that any of us can do is tend to our spiritual lives. We say, as a church, we want to center our lives in the love of God in Jesus Christ. I know that Christ is our center. We do not have to center our lives in Christ. Christ is already our center, right inside of us. 
In the beginning was the Word. Just like God's Spirit was at the beginning of creation, God's Spirit came to us in Jesus, the light of the world. Christ is our center, the light of truth and love that burns in each of us. And what is important is to pay attention. There's nothing more important than paying attention and nurturing the Christ, the light that so shines through our lives. Who has number three? Come forward. Looks like an extension cable. An extension cable? That's right. Is it for Jesus? <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but that's very, very good. You can add that to our collection. One of my favorite scholars, John Dominic Croissant, speaks about prayer as plugging in to the energy of God. And so I have this extension cord to always remind me to plug in to the energy of God. And again, one of the things that I have picked up in 25 years of ministry is that prayer doesn't always mean kneeling by our beds and folding our hands and saying things to God. It is that. But prayer is any time that we are paying attention to the light and the love and the joy that is Christ our center. Who has number five? Nope, four. Four. I know it's over that way. Look on your green hymnals over that way. There it is. Now, some young person, Dale Kassab, Bring that forward. What do you have? Oh, it's art. Uh, it's paint. Uh, artist color. Acrylic. A tube of acrylic paint. What do I do with that? I pray. Because painting icons is a form of prayer. Some of you pray with mixing bowls. Some of you pray with plants and seeds. Some of you pray on your bicycles. Tamara, you've got to watch that form of prayer. We, we're praying. We're praying. Some of you pray in the woods. Wherever you connect wherever you connect with that deep joy inside of you you are praying some of you are praying in song 
you pray more than you know. Number five. We've got a great, great volunteer here. Now, shake that for us. What is that? It's a kind of, go ahead, talk. It's a maraca. This is a very special maraca. Come on, bring it over. You can go like this. Go like that. You want to put it on the communion table? I received that on a mission trip in Puerto Rico in 1996. This was a camp, Presbyterian camp in Puerto Rico, and I took a youth group of both adults and children, youth group, and we helped clean up this camp. And I said to the young people when they went out to chop the grass with machetes, that I was not responsible for their fingers, that it was my job to get them home alive. Everybody came home alive and with all their fingers. But when we weren't chopping the tall grass with machetes, we were worshiping in their church. And they knew how to worship. They sang with joy and with rhythm and with instruments, and I understand that you all did some of that on sabbatical. Do I have an amen? Amen. Did you pray and dance and worship with drums? Did you? Was it fantastic? I believe in worship that is joyful, in worship that gets us dancing and moves inside of us. I believe in that kind of worship. But I also know that you can't have the same dinner every night of the week. Who has number six? And what is this? A candle. Do you know where this candle might have come from? No. (laughs) Do you come at Christmas Eve? Yes. Do you hold a candle up at Christmas Eve? I don't know. (laughs) You might, and I bet this year your mom will make sure you do. Thank you. This is one of the candles that we hold up on our Christmas Eve service. I believe that worship is incredibly powerful in the quiet. Not just in the joyful movement and incredible sound, but that God moves among us in that spirit in the quiet. God meets us in the still, small voice of calm. What is most important in our lives? care for our spirits. We cannot love unless we are connecting with the love of Christ that is already inside of us. 
Number seven, Jean. You're going to have to come forward with Christy. Oh, no. And Christy, you need to come, too, because Jean's going to have a hard time holding this by herself. Oh, choir. I have a poster, and it says at the top, Church in Protest. A government without justice is little more than a group of bandits. And in the middle of the picture is a hero, or many, in that spirit of revolution. Bishop Tutu. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, you know, just leave that up here. Just leave this. Just keep holding it. Just keep holding it. I got this poster in the 90s when I was in South Africa and the church as an instrument for justice came so powerfully in my life. That nation was based on white supremacy. And the church was a huge part of changing that. Justice picked me up, and I have never been able to put it down. You pass the things around. Who has number eight? Tommy, what is in that box you hold? It's a Celtic cross. A Celtic cross. Do you know where I might have gotten that recently? Ireland. Close. Scotland. And particularly, I have that, on the island of Iona. I have preached already about my experience on Iona, where I tasted the Spirit of God so powerfully. We can only do justice when we are nurtured and fed by the Spirit. Again, we can't eat the same meal every night for dinner. We have to be fed in worship to electrify our souls in many different ways. Number nine. What is number nine? A pillow. A pillow. 
Now, I'm surprised that people did not snatch this up at the very beginning of the service <laughs> and just make themselves a nice little uh, spot there in the pew. Why do we have a pillow? What's the most important thing we can do in our lives? Nurture our spirits. What did God do on the seventh day? God rested. The sabbatical was about rest and renewal. I believe it was Benjamin Franklin who said that most problems in the world are because of lack of sleep and an upset stomach. I believe Benjamin Franklin. We must care for our soul, and that means rest and renewal. And finally, who has number 10? Getting our exercise today. It's a cross with, with beads on it. All right. I want to tell you about this. This I made in Sunday school. As a little girl, I made this in Sunday school. Don't ever think your Sunday school crafts don't matter. It's, it's made out of wood. I still remember when we painted it with glue, and then we rolled it in these different colored beads and sequins to make a beautiful cross. The church has always been my home. The community of faith has upheld me and nurtured me. My community of faith has sent me around the world. My community of faith has challenged me so much that I never wanted to hear from God ever again. And my community of faith has helped me. God created us for one another. Male and female, God made them. God made us for each other. And that is what we are about here. About supporting each other as we nurture the Christ, our connection to that love that is inside of us. Now there is one more thing that I would put on that table, but I would have to remove everything except for the pillow and lie down on it. Because God has picked me up over and over. This is what God does through the community, through the church, through the angels who bring their boats to rescue people from floods. God picks us up along our way over and over and over again. God picks you up. When you fall, when you have battered, been battered by illness or storm, God picks us up. God picks us up along our way.
Thanks be to God. Amen.